and welcome to the Zoe Health Podcast, a conversation where we explore topics that affect women's health and wellness and matter to you. I'm your host, Dr. Nontlantlas Tole, co-founder of Zoe Health, your all-in-one women's health and wellness platform. We love hearing from you and interacting with you, so please join the conversation in our community chat to let us know what your views are or to share your own stories about the topic we'll be covering today. For more information, please visit www.zoehealth.com. Zoe is spelled Z-O-I-E. We hope you love listening to the podcast. Please remember, any information we share here is not a substitute for a consultation with a qualified health professional. So make sure you book your next consult soon. Let's get started. I'm so happy to be chatting once again to Dr. Katlehole Kalakala, affectionately known to us as Dr. Kaz. I'm a really um, valued member of the Zoe Health family. And today we are going to be talking all things breastfeeding. Dr. Lakalakala is also uh, a new mom to a little beautiful baby girl whose name is Nia. So Nia is your first baby. So yes, yes, yes. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what your, what your thoughts were, what were your expectations um, when you were pregnant about what your breastfeeding journey was going to be like? I knew it was going to be a little bit tough because I had done some research, but I still thought I'd get the hang of it. And prior to me giving birth, a friend of mine had already given birth and we're like a month apart. So Mm -hmm. she was already giving me like tips and tricks. And I mean, she told me like, she's like, yo, your nipple cracks. Like whether you like it or not, your nipple just cracks. So I was kind of aware of that um, going into it, but actually knowing about something and having the actual experience are two different things, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I thought it would be much more easier than what it was. I really did. And there was a lot of times that I thought I was going to give up, but because I pushed her, so I pushed her quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't, I can't motivate her to encourage her to keep trying, you know? And Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, and just be like, no, I'm done. You know, Mm -hmm. just didn't make sense. So that's how it all happened. Okay. And then, um, you know, did you have discussions before with your, your birthing team about, you know, what your expectations should be? I mean, I think what I'm trying to get at is where does the education about breastfeeding start for a new mom? Exactly. So, no. So I didn't even know that there was, I had access to anybody to have this conversation with, you know. Um, luckily, there are Instagram profiles like Nurture by Nature, which is owned by a lactation consultant. And, you know, they're willing to share a lot of tips and whatever. And, I mean, we're very fortunate, you know, we're in a digital age. So mm-hmm. being in a digital age means that you have a lot more access to a lot more information, you know. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you don't have the likes of, nature nurture by nature sorry and um the likes of dr kanile let's say and me who's posting online um then you really would be in the dark you know and you wouldn't know how to even navigate that conversation with your gynae and a lot of guys are actually not interested by the way not so many guys are interested in your lactation um thing uh your lactation journey they feel like that's more the pediatrician's job I know that's funny. It doesn't make sense, right? But because they feel like it's a more pediatrician's job because if the baby's not feeding well or if you're not breastfeeding well, the baby's not feeding well and mm. it will become his problem or the pediatrician's problem more than it will become the guy's yeah, problem. Yeah, absolutely. Point, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do want to encourage people to 
really take ownership and control over your motherhood journey. And the best way to do that is by doing research. Yes, it can get overwhelming, definitely, but inform your decisions, you know, um, about everything, but especially about breastfeeding. Um, and also don't fall into the trap of shaming yourself. So I kind of fell into that trap a little bit. And what that will then do is it will, it will limit um, the amount of time that you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. And with that comes a lot of depressive episodes, which then can manifest into a full depression, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll speak about that later on. Mm -hmm. Okay. So speaking to your, your medical side here, Just tell us a little bit about, you know, when you've given birth, what to expect as a mom, you know, the full milk or the colostrum and everything that happens to your body before you actually, your milk comes in proper. And then if you could just refer a little bit about your own experience after you you gave birth to Nia. Yeah. So what happens is um, when you're pregnant, you have hormones at play, right? Obviously, we all understand women are all about hormones, right? Well, human beings, but women know about hormones mostly. Um, So you have um, these two hormones that are at play, mostly estrogen, right? That is to protect the pregnancy, okay? But then you have another hormone that is around, that is like kind of creeping up, and that's prolactin. And it it is what it sounds like, you know, prolactin, promotion Mm. of lactation, you know? Um, So that will then be released um, when you give birth. Okay. So, so prolactin and estrogen are kind of like, um, enemies, but they mm-hmm. work together. So estrogen will be high during the pregnancy and then prolactin will be low. Okay. Because it's not necessary during pregnancy. You shouldn't mm-hmm. lactate during pregnancy. Funny enough, someone actually asked me if they could breastfeed their boyfriend. I was very confused <laughs> about that during pregnancy because she's already, for another day. She's already <laughs> releasing milk. But anyway, we'll speak about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so once you deliver the baby, the body goes into gear and says, okay, I need to feed this child that has been born. Okay. So estrogen goes down, prolactin goes up. Great. Beautiful. Right. And then they tell you about skin to skin. You know, everybody who gives birth, they say skin to skin, immediately skin to skin. And you probably don't understand why that is for, but it's because it, it, it promotes this lovely feeling, this bonding. And that then will help you release another hormone called oxytocin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that hormone is the reason why that milk ejects out. Of uh-huh. that milk. Okay. So you yes. need that. You really need yes. that. So that's why the skin to skin is very important, by the way. Right. And also it's for the baby to not feel too shocked because the baby just come from a place where they were swimming in a jacuzzi yeah. and now they're out right. and yeah. all of a sudden they need to breathe. Yeah. Like that's and a shock on people. its own. Yeah, true. Exactly. <laughs> But then they're also cold. So they need a sense of feeling like they're home. So they need to also be by your heartbeat to feel a little bit more relaxed. Okay. So that's what happens. And then you get colostrum that is released. Some people get colostrum released um, even in their pregnancy. So later in their pregnancy, because these hormones are starting to go down. But with my experience and what a lot of people will go through if they choose a plan C-section, is that you have like a delayed effect. Because your body was not ready, was not Mm. geared up to have a baby. Okay. So now all of a sudden you're shocking and you're telling it, hey, 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 you, housing Mm. a baby. Yeah. Now that's done. Baby's out. Fever. Mm. And the body's like, what do you mean? Like, definitely I needed two more weeks or whatever, you know? I needed two more days or whatever. So 
it will, the body won't betray you. It will come into gear because it loves a baby too. But it might take a little bit longer than other people. So that's when your lactation consultant needs to come in or information about lactating needs to come in because you are going to need to create an environment that is conducive for lactating. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So the first day is easy. It's quick. Okay. The baby only needs about five to seven mils. Your body will somehow give it to you. Mm. And I don't know if you remember the first day you had your baby, your baby slept. The very first day they'll sleep. You know, they'll eat a little bit. It'll pain a little nipple and then they'll Mm. go to sleep. Then you'll feel on top of the world because you're like, I killed it. Yeah. Right. Then the (laughs) next day, (laughs) exactly. Then the next day they need triple that amount, actually quadruple that amount. They need 30 mils. They need 30 mils out of nowhere, you know? And now your body has to gear up and produce that. Mm. So um, the best thing is for you to promote that um, that um, release. Sorry. Mm. So with me, I struggled from day two, and that's when they started supplementing with, um, with, with uh, formula. Okay. Mm. So, but the biggest thing is you don't stop trying to latch on so just as how you're feeding right now when you have the milk you actually they should they should advise you to feed like that even when you don't have milk because what that does is that it tells the brain that hey listen there's something going on we're not matching up you know there's a child that needs us we need to match up you know but the saddest thing is that you are now going through a lot of pain because these nipples that have never been touched before are literally going through torture. So now you have the first, and I feel like that's the first time that you'll ever start to struggle with putting yourself first and putting your child first Mm. because you start to feel this pain and you really want to get away from pain because instinct tells you that you should stay away from anything that gives you pain. But at the same time, you cannot not feed your child because, you know, this is your baby. Yeah, you absolutely. Um, yeah. So then you go through that. Yeah. I hope I'm not saying too much. I hope I'm not... No, no, no. I don't think you can say too much on this topic. And it's so funny that you mentioned the C-section thing because I had two C-sections and I never, you know, was explained to or didn't click in my mind that my milk will take a long time to come in or longer than what if I'd had an, um, a vaginal birth. Um, so, you know, I think that's that's such an important piece of information that maybe mothers who... Um, have elective or, you know, emergency C-sections that they don't understand that. And the thing is also that you become stressed, you know. I mean, when you're in the hospital and your baby's starting to drink formula because your milk hasn't come in, you start to feel that stress that, oh, my gosh, is the baby going to reject the breast once my milk comes in? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, I've got all this milk. Why am I not feeding my baby? Why is the milk not coming in? And then I think that's where the stress of breastfeeding starts if you don't get it right away. Even the shaming of yourself, you start feeling mm-hmm. guilty, you start feeling like a failure. And what I really hate, and a lot of people go through this, is when someone that you brought into your space, maybe it could be a mother, a mother-in-law, an aunt or a cousin, mm-hmm. and they come in and they keep pressurizing you and telling you that, oh, your baby's not full. Oh, try mm-hmm. this, try this. Mm-hmm. So I want to advise people, if your journey, if your desired journey is to breastfeed, stick to that. Be adamant about it and be very strict about it. 
your body will respond and it will definitely mm-hmm. respond to the fact that you're motivated and determined to do this thing. You know, yeah. the more you keep having baby latch, whatever, yes, supplement a formula. But as soon as you start seeing milk coming in, it actually should, um, you should start supplementing less. So that's what I did. Okay. So from day three, we started getting milk in. Okay. I was tired though. I was mm. absolutely tired and I was exhausted. And I remember uh, my partner and my mom, they made milk for the baby. Right. And I didn't have a problem with it, but something in me kept saying to me, I don't want formula. I don't want formula. And I'm mm. so glad I did that at that point because that motivated me to actually try to feed and to do everything that I was taught. So let me just share what I was taught so uh, anybody that's going through this understands, okay? Mm -hmm. So you need to start creating a demand. So creating a demand is telling the brain that you need to produce. And the best way to do that is by expressing. Whether you're manually expressing or using an electrical pump. You do that 15 for 15 minutes, three times, or every three hours, sorry. So that'll be like eight times every three hours, okay? That's the most important thing. And having baby latch so that you can have that bond, that oxytocin gets released, okay? That's also very important. And then you also need to feed during the golden hours. And the golden Mm -hmm. hours are strictly 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's when prolactin Mm -hmm. is the highest and that's when it's the best working. For me, I also saw it for myself. I used to pump the most milk at 5 o'clock in the morning, okay? Mm So in any way, yeah, so this is what I was doing. So I felt that if I let on too much or if I rely too much on the formula, I was not going to um, express. Mm. I was not going to, because I was going to think, oh man, it's fine. Um, yeah. Baby had milk, you know, yes. which is not a problem, by the way, which is not a problem. Yes, uh, formula feeding is fine. But because I really wanted this breastfeeding journey, I really mm. wanted it. I wanted mm. more than anything. I fought to them for giving her formula. Mm. Um, and I was adamant that the feeds yeah. must start actually decreasing with formula. Okay. Yeah. So that's also something that I would advise everyone to do. Um, if you really, really, really want to get into it, you need to just push through it and push through the pain. It takes a lot of mental and mm. willpower, a lot of mental willpower. And if you're not happy for you to do that, don't force yourself, you know, mm. because at the end of the day, it also will cause more stress and stress takes down new milk supply. Mm. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, one of the things that, you know, might mess up the breastfeeding journey is the latch. I think it's one of the big parts of breastfeeding. So, you know, what, let's talk a little bit more about how to get a baby latching properly and how you know perhaps when the baby's not latching right. Okay. So, so a good latch is when you point the nipple to the nose. Okay. So it's very important that you point the nipple to the nose. The reason being is you're going to get baby to go up and that's what you want. Reason being, you want them to latch mostly on the bottom. Okay. So you shouldn't see a lot of that areola at the bottom. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. So for people who don't know okay. what an areola is, it's that surrounding part of the nipple. Okay. Yeah, if you see any picture, very... you will see. If you see any picture of a breastfeeding baby, you'll see the baby's chin and mouth is mostly at the bottom. Okay. Okay. All right. So if you have a very big areola, obviously you're not going to force your baby to fit in this whole areola. Okay. That is the the goal, but please don't do that to the child. All right. And then what you want is that chin needs to be pressing against the boob. Okay. Mm -hmm. The reason being there's ducts just in the boob, just at that position. Okay. 
So as the baby's pressing, they're actually pressing those ducts. Ah, and that massaging allows those ducts to open up mm. and release that milk. Okay. So that's why also when you're breastfeeding, especially in the beginning, as well as, well as when you're pumping, you're supposed to massage your breast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It massages, it brings heat to those ducts and it opens them up. Okay. Mm. So that's the most important thing. How you'll know your latch is poor. Number one, um, you'll feel a lot of pain. Mm. It's, it's difficult to, to explain because in the beginning it will be quite painful. Yes, but if you exactly. see that after, yeah, if you see after seven days, you're still cracking, mm, mm. things are not going right. Okay. Yeah. If your baby's also not um, gaining weight or seems to be not feeding well, Okay, mm. um, because if you have a poor latch, you have poor feeding, right? Yeah. And the way to see poor feeding is if um, your baby's not wetting um, their diaper enough, so at yeah. least eight times a day. You can Google that, six to eight times a day, okay? And a good breastfeeding baby, um, how you'll know this is in the beginning, um, because breast milk in the beginning has a, a laxative in it or works as a laxative, mm-hmm. by the way, I also didn't know this. It was quite interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they poop um, after everything. Okay, okay. So if you see that, huh. if you see that, you know things are going right. Okay. Okay. But another thing is that there's another um, um, shortfall that a lot of people don't know of called a tongue tie. Yes. Okay. Yes, a tongue tie is a little bit difficult to explain. It's difficult to diagnose. Some people miss it. I actually thought Nia had a tongue tie for a bit because she clicks her, her tongue quite a lot. But mm. because she beats so well, I was like, no, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so a tongue tie uh, will be just at the tip of the tongue um, and the baby's tongue won't go up enough. And yeah. the baby needs that tongue to go up quite a bit because that's what they used to suction. That's what they used mm. to suck. If a baby cannot suck, cannot latch. Okay, yeah. so if you're still going through like cracked nipples and oh my gosh, it's just terrible, and the milk supply and the milk is just not coming. Yeah. It seems like the milk is not coming out enough, yeah. or the baby's not feeding while the baby's crying the whole time. Go and visit your doctor or a lactation consultant if you have access to it, mm-hmm. and just ask them to assess your latch. So you actually sit with them and they yeah. look at how you're latching the baby, mm-hmm. and then they help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So latch yeah. is very, very important. It yeah. protects the yeah. boob and it mm. feeds the baby. Good yeah. latch. Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't often hear about tongue ties and lip ties. And, you know, sometimes you'll think, you know, that what's wrong with the latch? You keep changing positions. But actually there might be something physiologically that's stopping the baby from getting that good exactly. latch. And the solution is actually you know, usually quite simple. If it's, you know, I think it's a cut of that, uh, that tongue tie or the lip it tie. It is, and it heals yeah. so fast. Guys, yeah. babies are more resilient than what people think. Adults mm-hmm. are less resilient than babies. Mm-hmm. Babies are so resilient, it's crazy. Ow! Ow. They are. <laughs> yeah, she knows. She's very resilient. She knows, yeah. She's like, yay for babies. <laughs> okay, She's so very, very resilient. Personally, now one thing I could never get right when I was breastfeeding is how much should I be feeding from each breast and how often should I be changing? Should this feed be this breast, next feed, I'm doing the next breast. How do I know how much to feed and if my baby's had enough to eat or if they're going through a growth spurt? I mean, what's the, about the volumes? Okay, so those are 
like two topics. So I'll start with the one end, okay? So let's talk about swapping breasts, okay? And the importance of that is that you want to, especially in the early stages, you want to prevent a mastitis, okay? Mm -hmm. So breasts are not supposed to be too engorged in that a duct is not cleared um, um, often enough. And what happens is that it gets clogged, okay? Mm -hmm. um, just like how, uh, 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 what's it called again? A drain gets clogged yeah. if too much is going through it, okay? Um, so, so, yeah, baby. So the first, so... That's quite important, okay? So you need to drain the breasts um, mm -hmm. to a degree so to ensure that you don't have a clogged um, duct. And how you'll notice that you have this clogged duct is that you'll feel quite a painful ball. Um, mm -hmm. most, most people get it under the axilla, which is under the armpit, around here. Everyone will tell you most of the time it happens there. If you're fair-skinned, I'm not fair-skinned, so I didn't see this, but I went through it, is that you might see it going a bit uh, pink, in some cases, you might go with purplish blue, all right, and it will feel very hot. Then you'll yeah. start getting fluish symptoms, okay? Um, um, but if you start getting a fever, that's when it's now infected. But you can prevent it from getting to the infected part, okay? So that's why it's very, very important for you to always drain the breast. So... With the draining of the breast, a lot of people say you feed for 20 minutes on this breast, 20 minutes on that breast. No, I don't agree with that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you feed until it gets soft and until baby's full. Mm -hmm. How baby will show you that they're full is a lot of the times they'll just throw it out. They'll be like, whatever. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. Some, people, okay. some babies will sleep on the breast and then they'll go out. Okay. But how you will know is that your breast will actually become quite soft and you'll feel that actually they, um, as they're latching on, it's feeling a little bit more uncomfortable. Reason mm. being is that they, they're trying to take out thicker milk. Okay. Uh -huh. So it's not yeah. like water flowing out where, you know, in the beginning of a, of a feed, you can hear that, oh, it's, 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 it's actually quite a satisfying sound. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, it's That's nice. nice. It's nice. nice. <laughs> you know, you don't even feel the latch, okay? Mm -hmm. But then when you start feeling the latch, when you start feeling the tugging, mm -hmm. that's when they get in that, what we call the hind milk, the one mm -hmm. with more calories, okay? So now, if you stop your child from getting that, so if you, if you train your brain, oh, no, 20 minutes, okay, now I need to stop. What do you do? You give mm -hmm. them four milk twice. Mm -hmm. So four milk, what people don't understand, is the milk that comes first, four first, hind milk loss. It's the same milk, different calories okay mm -hmm. so now you're filling their bellies up with four milk it doesn't have enough calories to sit in the tummy mm -hmm. what it does it passes through the tummy quite quickly it makes their digestive systems move quite fast and mm -hmm. it might put them in a situation where they have lactose overload not intolerance please mm -hmm. be sure to understand that it's not intolerance overload which might make them a little bit more gassy and unhappy mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. and what also formal does that because it's not sitting in the tummy for quite some time it makes baby hungry quite fast or it makes them want to feed for long and they fill up their stomachs and then they'll get hiccups mm -hmm. okay. okay because okay. now they have a full tummy against yes. the diaphragm okay because your diaphragm sits mm -hmm. like this and then this is your tummy right now it's expanding, expanding, expanding with all this formal, but she's not getting full because she's not getting calories, you know? So she yeah. still wants to feed and feed and feed. And now she's ballooning, ballooning this tummy. And this, this diaphragm gets irritated and gives her hiccups. So if you keep swapping the boobs, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest risk, okay? So I say feed until that feed is done. Then for your next feed, use the next breast. That's okay. what I suggest, okay? okay. If not... 
if you know the feed is going to take too long and this breast is getting engorged, pump it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the time you pump out to the point where you get full um, hind milk. So you mm-hmm. can start the next feed with that pumped breast, that express oh, breast. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, and then finish it off with the other breast, which is fine. Even mm-hmm. if you get like hind milk, then you get full milk, then hind milk again. That's fine. Mm-hmm. As long as you got a, like a nice little mixture. Unlike getting full milk, full milk. No. Yeah, a baby okay. will still still do well on full milk. By the way, even if your baby has a full milk imbalance, they will not lose weight. They will not become underdeveloped or anything like that because the milk still has fat, still has all the calories they need. The only difference mm-hmm. is that they'll just get a little bit more gassy, and that can just bring you other issues like colic and so forth. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. And might give you explosive green poop, which is still fine, it's normal, mm-hmm. but that's how you'll kind of see them. Mm, okay, something is mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about growth spurts. What happens now with growth spurts is that, and I thought this was so intelligent, guys. The world is amazing. Nature is beautiful. Get excited. So the baby feeding like crazy. Do you know why they're doing that? Mm -hmm. Because they know that every time they feed, they create a demand, which creates a supply. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to teach your body to create more milk to help them out when they've grown. Mm-hmm. So during that growth spurt, what they're doing is they're training the body because they're gonna grow and they're gonna need yes. more calories than what they needed before. Babies are intelligent. Huh. They're incredible. So that's so why your baby they're putting in their order. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes, they're putting an order. Ah, yes. Okay. So that's why they'll feed and feed and feed and feed and you're just like, oh, oh okay. But yes. your body then gets into games like, hey right now, this demand is high. And yeah, then, we need milk. Because what, what happens is your body also regulates, right? According to how your baby feeds. That's why if you um, use formula, then obviously it will only regulate to a certain degree and will only feed um, according to the demand that has been created. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Um, okay. But if you, yeah. So that's why in the beginning I really didn't want to supplement with formula. But I will talk mm-hmm. about supplementing with formula in a bit. So the baby knows that, ah, let me feed, 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 mm-hmm. feed, because I'm going to need more when I'm bigger. Because in a yep. week's time, I'm going to be bigger. In a week's mm-hmm. time, I'm going to be another kg, and I'm going to need more. Mm. That's why that happens to mm. growth spurts. Now, growth spurts are very mm-hmm. difficult, but allow yourself to go through it. Your, your nipples will go on fire. So mm-hmm. you need a good nipple cream, a very good nipple cream. Um, but also... What I can suggest to people who are going through this, you're going to be very tired, okay? So you need support. And the best way to get support also is by carrying the baby. So having baby, wear, mm-hmm. wearing the baby or carrying the baby so that you're able to do other things because your mind also in itself starts to digress or, or regress because you're sitting in one spot the yeah. whole time, yeah. feeling like you are useless, feeling mm-hmm. like you haven't done anything with your day. So rather um, wear the baby from time to time, especially when they're sleeping, but they won't want to be let go at that time. They need kind of love um, mm-hmm. during a growth birth because it's like they're sick almost, you know? I can yeah. imagine it's quite painful. Yeah. So they need, they need you. They need to be helped. They don't want to be put mm-hmm. down, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So that's why in a growth spurt, you'll feed as much. Yeah. Okay. Um, someone's asking, uh, what are the best positions if you're, if you're breastfeeding? I mean, what is the specific positions where I know for me that me sleeping and the baby sleeping with me was the perfect <gasps> position because then I could sleep. <laughs> that but is my favorite. Know, yeah. 
That's, that's, oh. that, that was my favorite position. That's my favorite. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, so the, so the best, I mean, the ones that will keep you active, okay, um, when you're up is obviously um, the one with the nice feeding pillow. Sorry, it's always on. Yes. Oh, girl's best yes. friend, that pillow. You know, oh, girl, best friend, arms, best friend. Um, so that one's my favorite. I don't know what it's called, but it's that. Um, so that one is a good one. Another one that a lot of people suggest is the football um, method where the baby's head comes underneath your 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 shoulder. Ah, so yes. the body's towards the back. Yeah. Yes. The body's towards the back. Um, for those of you who don't understand, what I will do is I will try to get a picture on Instagram and just show it to you guys. Okay. I mean on, on, on Google and just give it to you guys on my stories. Um, but the best for me is side lying, which is when you're lying down with the baby. Yeah. Especially when I'm getting quite tired towards the end of the evening or even mm. when I want to have a nap. Um, during the day on the couch, it's nice, it's safe. It's also, it brings you a lot of feeling of love. Mm. Oh, so it's so amazing. So yeah. also when you're going through that moment where your, your milk supply is quite a lot, okay, and it's coming out quite like crazy mm -hmm. and it's choking the baby, sideline is a little bit better because it, it helps him um, at least deal a little yes. bit with that, with that flow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Another one is reclining, completely reclined. Um, so if you have a nice rocking chair, that will work well, mm. very well for you. If you don't, you'll be like me, where you have backache and it's terrible. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. those are the ones that I know of that, yeah, that are really great. Um, mm. Yeah. But sideline for me is the best, especially in the evenings, because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm going to be quite honest with you guys. I do co-sleep with my baby. I'm not promoting it. Please don't do it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people do, do it. Do it twice. Do Please it don't twice. do it. Yeah. No, listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have to just all be honest. Um, yeah. And to be quite honest with you, it's uncomfortable for me, but it's the best feeling for me. I wake up in the yeah. morning and it's like I'm over the moon. It's like I'm in heaven. Like seeing that little baby's face is amazing. Yes. But also what, what, what works for me so well is because when she wriggles and I can see she's doing the Stevie Wonder and yeah, her mouth, you, and her mouth <laughs> you put that nipple in and my baby's very smart. She can put her head and she can find it herself <laughs> and I can sleep and she can yeah. eat. Yeah, and 15 minutes up. later, she's asleep. Yeah, and I haven't stimulated her so she doesn't wake up like aroused. She exactly. sleeps immediately. Love it. So for me, that yeah, that's what. Yeah, for listen. Me. I also don't advocate for co-sleeping because yeah, then one day they're six, seven, eight, and they're still co-sleeping. So I'd say out of your bed as soon as possible. Otherwise, the longer they're in there, the harder it gets to get them out. <laughs> I can imagine. So the nice thing with, with Nia that I really like is where she's very malleable. So she, she can sleep on her own, by the way. And we have made her sleep on her own. Yeah, she can sleep on her own. Um, but I won't lie, for, for my mental health at night and to not have her wake up at night, because if she does, if you, if, you, if you mess up, if you do something wrong, like put on the wrong light or just literally move her and go change her, She's just like, mm -hmm. oh, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, we're waking up. <laughs> Let's and play. It'll take an, an hour to put her yeah. down. Yeah. 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 I get that. Okay, I know we wanted to chat about supplements, but I think what I want to tie it in with is when you're very stressed out about your supply and you're kind of looking all over the net, trying to figure out how do I increase my supply? What do I drink? Do I take, you know, you know, what am I eating porridge every day? Like, what am I doing? But tell us a little bit more also about how you balance the supplements with actually your mental state when it comes to breastfeeding. 
Okay, so um, yeah, supplementing is good, or using galactogogs, as we should say, um, is really good. Um, sorry, can I just answer this question? I do need to answer these yeah. two questions before I go on. No They're very important. Okay, so DBS Design asks you what happens when babies experience a growth spurt and I'm working. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. it will just have to be um, either your stash at home will be used quite quite regularly. The nanny will pick it up. We'll find out that, oh, okay, no, the baby's kind of struggling. I will mm-hmm. also suggest that if you can get the Wonder Weeks um, app, it tells you beforehand um, when you're going to have um, this growth spurt. Um, so I know like our growth spurt is going to be at the end of the month, um, mm-hmm. just as I'm going to work, which is so sad. And sometimes a growth spurt can take about like four to five days, sometimes even for two weeks. Um, sure. So I have to, yeah, so I have to start um, uh, preparing for that. That's what works for me. The Wonder Weeks, it tells me well in advance and then I prepare for it. But you know, you don't, don't worry, you'll figure it out. That's what life, mm-hmm. you know, with babies, you realize in life that, you know, what, so many people have your back, but the best person that has your back is God. He'll have you, Amen. he'll have your back. Yep. You'll be fine. You'll Absolutely. be fine. Somehow you'll be fine. Absolutely. Okay. In terms of burping. Yeah. So in terms of burping, there's a point in, um, in your child's life where they actually don't need to burp after every feed. I know that doesn't make sense. Um, so when my baby's side lying, she actually doesn't mind. She doesn't burp yeah. at all and it doesn't split up. And no, it doesn't cause her gas. No, it doesn't. Um, if this was six weeks and prior, I would have been waiting. And I, I actually didn't do side lying then because baby did need to burp. But even the wonder weeks mm-hmm. will tell you there's a certain growth spurt where it says no. Baby doesn't need to be doesn't need to burp as much anymore, you know. Um, but if they do need to burp, then unfortunately you will have to get up. Um, I mean, you need to pick her up and then burp her. Yeah, it will be tiring for you. So that's what happened to me the first few weeks when I tried sideline. But now Nia's big enough. Literally, she doesn't need to burp. She's mm-hmm. fine, and she's not eating that much. And also remember with the breast. With the breast, if the latch is good, they're not sucking in that much air. Mm. If your latch is yeah, good, they're sucking in more air. Yeah. yeah. So babies like need suction. more burping if you're bottle feeding. Yeah. If you're bottle mm. feeding, your baby always needs burping. Definitely. Yeah. Why? They're always sucking in air. But with the breast, mm. like Nia can feed for like hours. And I mean, yeah. she feeds three times in the night. I don't burp her at all. In the morning, she's A-okay. Mm. Just all right. Yeah, not too much that you sometimes have to break with the finger too. Yes, yes, Mm. exactly. So that's 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 an important one that I need to help you with that. Okay, um, so you explained. I was still explaining about supplements. Okay, so uh, biggest thing: don't overdo it. If you overdo it, you might create too much form milk, or you might create Mm -hmm. too much milk, and that will cause baby to choke. I've had that issue. Okay, so don't get too obsessed with your breasts always being engorged. I was obsessed with that. It chokes the baby. Oh my gosh. It's so terrible. You literally pull out the breast and you just see it spray all over their face. You can imagine what it's doing in your throat. You know? Okay. Um, So I would say keep it simple and easy for yourselves. Make it a make it like a more like a habit or, or or a tradition. You know, you wake up in the morning, you have oats, or you wake up in the morning, you have brown porridge, whatever. Those are good um, galactogars. And then maybe at some point when you'd have your normal tea, then have either a ginger tea or you'd have your mama tea. You know, then mm-hmm. already you're getting quite some quite a lot in. I know we have to wrap, but um, I just wanted to. I thought it might be important to just talk about the mental. You know how your mental health affects your your breastfeeding. 
you know, because yeah. there's a lot of issues with, you know, things like being able to breastfeed in public, um, you know, just mm. feeling like maybe you're not being a good mother if you're not breastfeeding your baby. If you decide you want to supplement or you just stressed out about the fact that your milk supply is too low or things are just not going well and you're kind of feeling like, you know, shaming, you're feeling shamed. If it's one thing, if it's not one thing, it's another, basically. Yeah. Um, so I have this thing that a fed baby is the most important is the most important thing. Yes, breastfeeding is best because of the nutrients and the amount of um, immunity your child can get for it, from it, you know. Um, I mean, you can kind of see it. Yes, breastfed babies don't get that sick um, as babies. Let's not talk about toddler stage because once they're mingling with each other, they get really sick, okay? Mm. But that doesn't mean that if you're unable to do that, that you're doing the worst thing for your baby. No, you're still doing the best thing for your baby because your intentions are to feed your child. And that's the most important thing for them to grow and to develop. I am under formula fed baby and I think I came out fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. No? I think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, another problem with breastfeeding is that it's also very idealized and romanticized. And mm. the idea of it's, oh, it's the best way to bond with your baby. No, it's not. It's not the best. It's not the only way to bond with your baby. Yeah. There are many ways to bond with your baby. I still get that little feeling that I get when I'm feeding, when I'm bottle feeding. Because Nia mm. looks me like right in the eye and it's like she's so happy and she's so satisfied and she's so thankful. Yeah. Like if, if I could explain to anyone that, that only bottle feeds, Honestly, breastfeeding is exactly the same. Mm. Yes, maybe there might be that little thing of that, oh, it's your body that's creating this and it's doing this and whatever. But I think we also need to get to a point where we stop idealizing it. The idea is just to feed. Okay. The other thing with breastfeeding, the reason why it is promoted so much is that also um, it's affordable. Okay. Yeah. And for people who are struggling, it is the best way to do it. Mm. But the downside of breastfeeding is that it does not give you much um, um, control over your own life. It doesn't Mm. allow you to do much for yourself. You are literally, you, you get into a cycle of anxiety and guilt when you cannot feed your child or when you Mm -hmm. feel like at this moment, I literally want to have a glass of wine. Yeah. literally that loss of wine it will riddle you with so much guilt because you're like oh this is a moment yeah. i'm stealing for my child oh i can't soothe her now i can't do this um, you know especially if you if you use breastfeeding as a crutch for soothing yeah. which i do which is the biggest yeah. mistake i've ever done instead of just yeah. accepting it for it to be just feeding i've now used it as a crutch it's oh it's the best way i can soothe my child or yeah. the best way i can make her put to sleep you know so every time i cannot do that it boggles my mind it, it yeah. starts to haunt me you know um and also now thinking about work okay so work even thinking about it will tank your milk supply whether you like it or not you'll do everything under the sun you'll get to the medication you'll you'll drink the water you'll do everything it will tank it because your body is so is under so much stress because you're stressing that you're going to be away from your child okay so that beautiful bonding happy relaxed feeling that you should get to promote milk supply will not be there but if I can just say something to the ladies um, that are breastfeeding right now, take a moment for yourself. Because what then happens is that you get into a place where you will never be able to leave your child with anyone because you are the main source of nutrition. You are the main source of soothing and whatever. And yeah, when you cannot pump, absolutely. you actually start feeling like a failure. You literally start feeling like you're failing your child, which is wrong. It doesn't matter. You know, um, introduce formula. Your baby's not going to like it, number one. 
Your baby will get constipated, number two. Number three, you're going to deal with spit up. You're going to deal with all these things. But it's better to just get your mind through it. Um, I'm struggling through it. I'll be honest with you. We're going through it. You know, I go back and forth and back and forth with the formula. Don't be like me. Stick to it. Do it. One feed, at least. Give yourself an opportunity to not feed for once, you know. Give yourself an opportunity to cook instead of feeding, you know. Give yourself those four hours because it's what? It's, it's an hour that they're feeding whatever and then three hours that they sleep. Give yourself that, you know. And it also will also make you feel more comfortable when you have to go out and you don't have milk in the fridge when you know that, yeah. oh, okay, baby can actually drink formula, you know. Um, the yeah. shaming around formula is, is unfor- it's unfortunate. Breast milk is the best, but it's not, can I say, conducive to the mental health. It's not. Yeah. Of the mother. It's not. And especially if you, are, if you know that you won't stay at home every day, there's some people who can. Um, like when I compare my friend, when she compares her two children, the first child, she stayed at home the whole time and she breastfed while, and she was like, my milk was flowing. The next baby, she had to go to work and she said, my milk just stopped. And I'm like, you were stressed because you're leaving your child. That's just, I don't know, that guilt with, 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 with breastfeeding is just not something that I would promote to anyone and that anxiety. And if you struggle with anxiety, I would say <laughs> do it, but just accept the fact that you know, formula is also good for my child. Yeah. That's all absolutely. I Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Thank you so much, Dr. Kaz, for all Thank your you insights as a mom and also as a, as a doctor. We really appreciate it. And I, and I hope we've helped um, a couple of women, um, whether you're breastfeeding or not, uh, you know, and or you want to do it when you have a baby. Um, yeah. I hope we've given you a little bit more uh, comfort and information please there's so many resources mm-hmm. out there to look into um don't struggle alone through your breastfeeding journey and also you know take it easy on yourself you're a great mom whether you're breastfeeding or not so guys join us next week same time as please we to dr Kaz. yes about all the changes next week is fun <laughs> yeah the other week is fun yeah the six of is so much fun yeah. Yes. And for the ladies, I just want to say this, for the ladies, you know, if you're breastfeeding or anything, you know, but especially if you're breastfeeding, you need a lot of support. Okay. Yeah. So really do yourself a favor, go to the Zoe health, you know, go onto the website that, and the app that they've created. There's a new mommy group that we're all in and we're talking and we're sharing a lot of stuff. It helps yeah. quite so much when people are there for you, when you know that someone has exact same experience as you, yeah. when you know that, Actually, you know, I don't have to feel guilty about this because, hey, Ntombi yeah. and Kaz are doing the same thing. They would exactly. rather feed the baby from there for a glass of wine. Okay. Exactly. So join the group. You'll love it. Yeah. You'll love it. Awesome, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, you so much a, for joining. Yeah, we've got a great community on, on our Zoe Health app. Please uh, find the details in um, the link in our bio. Join us. Dr. Kaz, as she mentioned, we've got also some specialist tactician consultants who can also give you a bit yes. of advice. You can ask them some questions. So... Let's, let's be in this together. Thank you guys so much for joining us and we will see you same time next week. Dr. Kess, thank you. Thank you. This is fun. Bye. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please visit our website, www.zoehealth.com to share and rate this podcast and to access more content and resources like this. Join us on our next episode as we bring you more of the women's health and wellness topics that matter to you.